welcome to a very special episode of the Calibre podcast, brought to you by the Watchers of Switzerland Group. CEO Brian Duffy meets with ex-football manager, king of the jungle and keen watch enthusiast, Harry Redknapp. They discuss Harry's career, his future projects and key timepieces for every collection. We hope you enjoy it. So hello everyone, uh, welcome uh, to the Watch of Switzerland uh, latest podcast. This is podcast number 24. My name is Brian Duffy, I'm the Chief Executive of the Watch of Switzerland Group and uh, delighted to be doing this podcast. It's a very, very special one because uh, one of my heroes, a great, uh, a great man in uh, football, one of the best known personalities in football is our, our guest today. Um, and that's Harry Redknapp. So welcome, Harry. Brian, thank you. Pleasure yep. to be here. Yep, delighted that uh, you're joining us. We're going to talk about football, then we'll talk a, a bit about watches. I know you're a man with a yep. great, great sense of style uh, overall, as we can see, and, uh, and, and that applies to watches. So we'll, we'll look forward to chatting about both. Uh, but I think it's fair to say you're a, you're a national celebrity uh, uh, today. <laughs> Always a hugely popular guy in football. Uh, but now you've managed to get the other gender as well as a, a as a big fan group with your success and I'm a celeb. Get me out of here. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was the experience, Brian. I'd, I'd never seen the program and I really didn't uh, have a clue what I was letting myself in for. I've got to be honest with you. About six days before I went in, I played golf with a couple of mates of mine, and I was going to pull out. I thought oh, I really? don't know, I don't know if this is for me really, you know. And they said to my mates who I play, he went, Harry, you're mad, you've got to do it. I told you, you're not supposed to tell, but they were my pals, you know. They said, what an experience for you at your age to go. And, and I thought, yeah, you know, it's winter, November, what am I going to do? Some mornings you wake up, you're supposed to be retired. You've got to have something. I thought, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an experience. I'll, yeah. I'll give it a go, you know. And uh, But no, I was lucky. I think I had a good group of people in there. Yeah. They were all nice people. No one, there was no arguments. We all got on well together and all yeah. helped each other. And uh, no, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And you'd do it again? Um, I wouldn't want to go back in there again, really. <laughs> no, it was t- it was tougher than I expected, really. Oh, yeah. it was, you know, I, I honestly, I swear, I thought you would get food. I thought, <laughs> it, I did. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you do an advert or something and you'll, whatever, you, you go off air, you come back on and, and they say, okay, cut, you go and have a bacon sandwich, a cup of coffee, come back on it. I thought it was one of them jobs, yeah. you know, where you go off and there'd be a caravan, all just all the, the crew and all the production people, you'll go and have a, have a coffee and a sandwich. But no, there was nothing. I mean, the food <laughs> was the food was horrendous. Yeah. I couldn't even... You waited all day for food. I mean, you never ate all day. There was no breakfast, no lunch. It yeah. was just in the evening. The food come down in a basket and it would, would be like a wallaby wing. With, <laughs> and it, looked, it made you ill just look, it made me ill looking at it. And Nick Knowles took on the role as, as chef, yeah. as cook. Um, he was, yeah, he'd done well, but I mean, I still couldn't eat it even after he cooked it. It was, and the water, I mean, you're supposed to drink there because you were getting dehydrated. The water, you got it from the old, dirty old stream down the bottom. Yeah. Then you had to boil it on the fire. So it was f- stunk of smoke. Yeah. Then you had to put it in this big container thing to let it cool down before you put it in your water bottles. Well, it was just, it was just, it tasted horrendous. So yeah. it was a struggle to even drink the water, you know. So yeah, it was a bit of a slog really, long, yeah. long 21 days, yeah. Yeah, but really well done. Yeah. Won it today, well done winning it. But uh, the worst thing about it all was uh, uh, was missing the missus. Yeah, well, it's yeah, I mean, it was. Well, the, the thing what happened with that is a little bit as well. I mean, I'm not one for being sort of, I don't know, I'm a bit old school, I think really. But Sandra had had the sepsis before I went in there. Yeah. And she'd been, she, we were lucky really. Yeah. It was it was touch and go one night. It was, 
And then when I did it, she said, no, you know, the doctor and that said, no, she, you know, she's all right now, whatever. But I still, still, you know, she'd had it come back twice. And I said, if there's any problems, you've got to let me know, get me out of here yep. straight away, I'm out, you know, don't. And then when they called me to the uh, Bush Telegraph and they said, you've got to leave the camp straight away, I thought something's wrong. You know, what? I said, well, can I get my walk? They said, no, you can't go back in the camp. You've got one of the production crews waiting for you. You've got to go immediately. I so said, you well, thought the worst? I thought, I thought something had happened. Yeah, right. that was, yeah. So when I went down the stairs, he said, go down the stairs. One of the production crew wants to, needs to talk to you um, and, you know, you take you out of the camp. I thought, something's happened here, you know. And I got down here with Sandra was there. Yeah. Well, it, it done me up, I must be honest. <laughs> it, you know, I'm not normally like that, but no, it was a bit... It was, oh, it was, it was, it was great to yeah. see, you know, just a real emotion. I guess yeah. 53 years married. Yeah, that yeah, I've been, we've been together all our lives since, you know, we were 17, so, I mean, it's a long time, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. You've, uh, I'm married 43 years. Brilliant. Not that far behind you, but you no. set, you've set the bar kind of high. Course, well, I think, you know, you, you when you're together like that all that time, it's, you, you yeah. Know, it's, it's you, you know, you, it's, it's your life, in it, really? Yeah, no, absolutely. Family is what it's Family's, all about. for me, is all important. Yep. But as a as a youngster, you had a, you had a great footballing career. And, uh, starting off training with with, uh, with Spurs, you were you were spotted yeah. at the yeah, age of Yeah, as a kid, 11. yeah. 11, I was sort of playing for East London schools, Brian, and um, we played in a, a cup final at uh, the old den, Millwall. We played Wandsworth boys who were from that South London. Yeah. Um, and after the game, I walked off, and there was a guy came up to me, and uh, his name was Dickie Walker. Dickie was an ex centre half of West Ham, captain of West Ham. He left West, finished his career, and ended up scouting for Tottenham. And he said to me, Hello, son. He said, Is your dad here? He said, I'm Dickie Walker, West, uh, Tottenham scout. And I said, Yeah, my dad's here. So he said, Well, can I I'll hang about after if you. Anyway, met him and he said to me you know would you would like to take you down to Tottenham so he arranged for me to go and meet Bill Nicholson all right the great Tottenham yep. manager of the double winning team yeah arguably the Tottenham's greatest ever manager um so me and my dad get on the bus get on the train we go to, to White Hart Lane Dickie Walker meets us and we go and meet the great Bill Nicholson yeah and it was you know it was it was he was quite a very daunting figure to meet a very yep. serious Yorkshireman and um, so yeah, that was my first yeah. day, first uh, encounter of uh, sort of being at Tottenham. Yeah, but you'd have been a cocky young eleven-year-old. Well, time. you know, yeah. And then every day after that, it was sort of Tuesday and Thursday nights was trained at, at Tottenham. Yeah. We used to just train on the forecourt. We had no facility. I mean, them days it was different. You just trained on the concrete. And we had one of the players there called Tony Markey. Tony was a member of the d double winning squad. Um, and it used to take the training Tuesday and Thursday nights with Eddie Bailey, who was a, a great coach. And so, yeah, and then school holidays, I'd spend six weeks at Chesant going yeah. and then being around that great double winning team of Tottenham, you know, yeah. incredible, incredible team that was, you know. And what was it 60 61? Yeah, Danny yeah. Blanchflair, Dave yeah. Mackay, John White. John White was a genius of a footballer, Scotsman, yeah. came from Falkirk. Uh, got killed playing golf at Enfield Golf Club. Oh, right. Got struck by lightning. Yeah. I think he'd only been, he'd been about 23, I would think, wow. at the time. Um, he was a midfield player. He was just incredible footballer. Yeah. And so, this before earlier, when we were chatting, we were chatting a wee bit about Dave Mackay. Yeah. The legend. 
I would yeah. say for me, you know, the players I've seen over the years, I would say he's the, the, the people, you know, Hoddle was an incredible player, Glenn. But I would say Dave Mackay was the best player I think I'd ever seen. Yeah. Greavesy was a genius. Jimmy was amazing. But all-round footballer, everything, Dave Mackay was just amazing. Yeah, I wish I'd seen him play. You, yeah. you just hear about him and everybody. That yeah, came from song. Hearts. I mean, he ended up, ended up, Brian Clough took him to Derby. Yep. And he turned Derby County around it. Yep. Even after, I think he'd had, you know, they had a couple of broken legs that would have finished anyone else's career. Yep. And he was still hard as nails and yep. never changed his way he played, you know. You had no issue going with uh, Spurs. You grew up as an Arsenal fan, though, right? My dad was. He yep. man, used to take me to Arsenal as yep. a kid. So I was Arsenal as a kid, you know. Yep. I used to go every week to watch the Gunners. So that was, uh, that was an interesting time, you know, going to Arsenal and... Because we lived in the East End of London, where everybody was West Ham, really. It was yeah, all West Ham fans. Yeah. But when I left school, West Ham, you know, I'd been looking, we looked round, we could have gone to Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, West Ham. West Ham was just a club that produced its own, all the kids come through the youth team. Every yeah. player in the team was homegrown. Yeah. And the manager, you know, he was so interested in the youth team. Yeah. And we, so we used to go and watch, the, you know, when I was at school, I used to, we, they'd invite us on a Tuesday night, watch the youth team games at Upton Park. The manager was always there, Ron Greenwood. Yeah. He'd talk to the parents, he'd come and chat to you. And it just had a great feel about it, West Ham. And I just, you know, it was, so it was, it really was, the, you know, once it, uh, I sort of made up my mind, I was going to go to West Ham and uh, Ron Greenwood, we were lucky, I say, he was an incredible football manager. Yeah. And he was so involved with the kids that, you know, we got to this, my first year there at 15, we got to the final of the FA Youth Cup. We beat Liverpool in the final, but in the semi-final, it was played on a Saturday away to Wolves and Ron Greenwood came with a youth team that day and right. didn't go with the first team, yep. which is incredible. You know, when you look back on it, it showed you how much he believed in that the youth was the future of the club. Yep. And to have him there that day was, was incredible. And when I became manager later on, every Saturday in my life that we played at home, West Ham, I would be at Chabble Heath to watch the youth team play at 11 o'clock. Yep. I'd watch the first half, 15 minutes of the second half, jump in my car and go yep. to Upton Park for the first team game. But wherever the kids played, if it was a midweek game, up Oldham, Leeds, you know, the year they got to the Youth Cup final, twice we got there, with the, with the, the likes of Lampard and Ferdinand, Joe Cole, that group, you know, yep. Carrick. I followed them everywhere, although I never missed a game. Yeah, that was an amazing generation. Yeah, actually, that, uh, great group of through. kids coming through together. Yeah. But you did that just based on the inspiration of Roy. Yeah, Greenwood. and I thought, yeah, I yeah. love what you know. It was all, that's how what he did with us, and I know the importance it means. Yeah, I think you know if you're a kid and or the parents to see that the manager is interested yep. in the youth team. I've got to be honest, Brian. There's lots of clubs now where I think the managers don't cross the road to watch the kids. Yep. And it's changed because years ago, the youth team were trained at the same place as the first team. You'd be on the same training ground. We trained yep. at Chabwell Heath, West Ham. We would be on one pitch, the youth team would be on another pitch. Yep. And so, you know, you'd start and you'd have the different groups. And the first team, if you got an injury, you'd shout across. To, I'd call Tony Carr, the youth team coach. Tony, send me one send me someone, you know, one of the boys over, and they'd come and make the numbers up some mornings, you might have one or two of them training with you. Yep. And it was it was great for them to yep. be around, so they're all around the team, they're in the dressing rooms, they're in the first team dressing room, they in the reserves and youth team dressing room, but it'd all be mingling lunchtime, you know, so they'd, they'd be around the first team group, which made yep. them feel important, I think. Now, 
a lot of the academies, they're miles away from where the first team train, so they don't yeah. actually get to see the first yeah. team at all. Yeah, which is uh, like you say, must be a yeah, must be, and all all the pressure that you're hearing now about the young players not getting their opportunities, it's all tied together. But the great legendary managers like yourself, Alex Ferguson, or whatever, you were really leading the entire club. Fergie you know, was, you know, you spoke to Alex, he knew every, you know, he would know every every kid, yeah. you know, every young, he'd know the and 12 the year olds, and, the families, the yeah. 13 year olds. And that was what I tried to do when I was there. And that yeah. was important. And we end up, you know, having six kids come through that youth team or that, that period of a few years that went on to play, all six played, came from West Ham, all six played for England. Yeah. Unfortunately, West Ham didn't keep hold of them because if yeah. they had have done, it could have been an amazing, amazing time. But in West yeah. Ham's history, it was a shame they, they decided to yeah. sell. Yeah, money talks away. Yeah. And in, in football today, more than anything. So you had a, a great playing career and probably a, an even greater uh, managerial career. I'm sure you're happy these days were playing right enough. Yeah, oh yeah, it. I think yeah. great. Well, I was lucky when, you know, when I went to West Ham, it was it was all lads really from the same backgrounds, yeah. you know. Uh, a bit not not quite the same as your great Celtic European yeah. Cup winning team. Where they were all neighbours. All neighbours. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't have been far away from that. I yeah. mean, you look back on it, the whole team at West Ham in them days, when I was there, all came from within about yeah. you know, six, seven miles of the football ground. Yeah. You know, Bobby, Jeff, Martin all came out the youth team, you yeah. know, and played in the World Cup winning team. Yeah. yeah, it was all, it was just a convey, everyone, that's how it worked. Yeah. Came yeah. through the youth team, through the system and into the first team. Yeah. I mean, just listening to you, you talked a lot with Billy McNeil, you know, God rest yeah. his soul, he just uh, just uh, died recently. Yeah, but he, he would talk the ex exact same way as you about yeah. getting on the bus in the morning and yeah, oh. getting a lift here or there and getting to training. And and that yeah. team that we're talking about, the 67 yeah. team, were all within 30 All miles. the same, yeah. yeah. Things were so different. Though. I mean, yeah. you know, we used to go to away games even, you know, you get on the mini, but we had an old battered claret and blue mini bus yeah. that we used to get on to go to the station there'd be about 10 of us, some of the lads would, would get, take their cars or what if they had little cars, yeah. but we'd be sitting on the old minibus with the two skips that had the boots and the kick. Yeah. And you know, it's amazing really. Yeah, happy days though, I'm sure. Different yeah, times, yeah. 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 So, and management, Bournemouth, West Ham, Portsmouth, a couple of times, yeah. Southampton, QPR, Birmingham and Spurs. So what, what were your happiest days in management? Well, I think, the, you know, the first period, of, I had 10 years nearly at Bournemouth. It was yeah. an amazing time for me. I mean, it was a great experience, you know. We had absolutely nothing. I mean, we used to train. We had no training ground. We used to train in the park, Kings Park, where the football ground is in a park. Yeah. So we'd train in the park, put the coats down. The old the old uh, park keeper would come and throw us off. It was like being back at, when you was a kid. Yeah. You're not supposed to get off. You're not allowed on here, you yeah. know. We beat Man United in the cup. In the FA Cup, when I was manager, we were struggling for a division team. We beat Man United at Dean uh, Court 2-0. Ron Atkinson was the manager, they had 11 internationals. And uh, on the Monday, we were the talk of the country, having pulled off this shock 2-0 win. On the Monday, we used to, it was like a, a red grass, sort of a cinder pitch in the park, but right outside where the stadium was, it belonged to the council. And one of the staff come in, he said, Harry, the gate's unlocked on the uh, on the pitch, at the cinder pitch. And I said, brilliant, go, let me go on there, have a nine, nice nine aside this morning. All the lads were buzzing, yeah. beat Man United. We went on there, started playing. We didn't know he'd come round the park keeper, put the bolt on the door and locked, locked, the, and locked us in. <laughs> the fence, I'm not exaggerating, right? it was about 20 foot. 
and we've ended up trying to all climbing now yeah. to get out when we finished. I remember, you know, getting one leg over and trying to, you know, nearly, it was unbelievable. I mean, talk about bringing you back down to earth. Yeah, sure. Good laugh though, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So you were amazingly successful as a manager, uh, Harry. And uh, Portsmouth, I think, when you just look at the size of the club and everything you accomplished with them, you know, winning a cup and all that. And again, we were chatting earlier, that sounded like a really happy time for you. Yeah, it was a great yeah. time for me. Yeah. I mean, I went there and, they, you know, my first season, they... Uh, did sort of finish in the bottom for, uh, six or so of the, the championship four years running. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Milan Mandrick asked me to become the manager, which wasn't something I was mad about doing at the time, to be honest. And um, But I took it and I thought it's, I couldn't really see where we were going to go. Milan at that time wasn't keen on, you know, he wasn't looking to improve the squad that much. I think, you know, it was... But we, met, we, we, we worked the free transfer market brilliant in my first sort of couple of months before the season started, I took a boy called Ariane Zo, a big centre-half from Barnsley. He was a Dutch boy, he was such a leader, incredible man, you know? Yep. Uh, and then, but my big coup probably was getting Paul Merson yep. three days before the season started. Took him to Maston Villa on a free transfer um, and Villa paid the bulk of his wages and um, he, he changed everything. He was so good, he was a class above and we won the league. What age would he have been then? He'd have been about 32, I suppose. 33 yeah but uh, in fact a mate of mine who rang me the week be the week before i signed merson he said mary i'm gonna have a thousand pound each way on your team at 33 to one wow. i said alan don't have a bet i said we're poor i said i'm telling <laughs> you we won't finish if we finish anywhere near halfway i'll be delighted uh -huh. anyway i signed merson about four days after i've told him not to have a bet and we end up winning the league yeah he's never that it cost him like we well, was 33 to one and, and plus his on? place money it cost him about 40 grand no he never had a bet he's never i don't think he's ever spoke to me much since <laughs> you know there you go you should have had more confidence in your own ability yeah yeah so harry i'd love to talk to you about uh, football all day it's amazing yeah. listening to you actually your memory of players and results and occasions is, yeah uh, oh no i love it it's my life you know there's yeah. not a lot in my head except football really and yeah. racing and they yeah. think they're my hobbies you know i'd love it to have been my life but uh, my life is watches yeah <laughs> so we're gonna just i love the one quick story i mean we talk about hobbies i always laugh at the story that laurie mcmenemy told me he said he He'd come in one day with Mickey Shannon, who's a big racing man. Mickey's gone on. All right, he, he owned a lot. Mickey's of a great he's trainer. A trainer. He's yeah. got he trains on two hundred horses, I yeah. think. Wow. At, at West, but he, Mickey was like he was racing from the age yeah. of you know he grew up, and he came in at half time, and Laurie was giving him a bit of a racking about how he'd played first half, and Mickey looked. He, he said, "I've told you before, Gaffer." He said, "This is only my hobby," <laughs> which I thought was incredible. <laughs> that was Mickey's attitude yeah. to it, you know. Oh, brilliant! He was a great player. Great, player. great player, fantastic yeah. player. So, just a wee yeah. chat about watches uh, uh, before we finish, because I know you love your watches uh, overall. Yeah. So, we just brought some out here j just for us to chat about some that I know that you've uh, you've looked at in the past. So, I know you're a big uh, fan of Hublot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, we've got here their, their classic Fusion watch. And don't know if you know much of the history of the... Uh, the company, but it's no, I don't know. Reasonably young for a for a watch brand uh, overall, because we talk about the watch brands all going back to the 18th century and so on. Rolex, we talk about being yeah. young from 1908, uh, but this company's only been around around 40 years, and the whole thing they were the first ones to actually do a rubber strap uh, and so on. They continue to do that; they never do anything on the on bracelets. Mm. But the big thing is fusing together different materials. In the case, so in this case, you're looking at. Uh, um, carbon and steel, 
this is a, a classic fusion, so it's a really nice looking, and, and again, the way that they, they, they do the case so that it fits perfectly. Yeah, it's fits, a beautiful looking watch, really isn't it? Comf- comfortably on your wrist, so I know Hublot is a, one of your popular brands that, uh, that you enjoy I think you'll wearing. find all the football, a lot of the football managers seem to be wearing them. Yeah, when footballs are big sport, uh, so they, they do Champions League. Yes. Uh, overall, um, yes. they did the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. No, I always notice, I know that um, Roy Hodgson, I don't know whether his son worked for the company at one time. He's oh, always, yeah. Roy's always got one on, and I think you find that uh, Maurizio Pochettino, the, yep. I think a lot of the lads seem to have um, Uwe yep. watches, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Jose Mourinho, of course. Yeah, is kind of one of their ambassadors. Yeah, and they also sponsor Chelsea, so they're they're, they're genuinely big into football. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah, not, uh, yeah. It's not something they selected commercially. The guys involved, uh, from the CEO uh, all the way down, are all love the huge football. football fans. Yeah, I was at the World Cup final with them actually. Was you? Oh, yeah, yeah, because uh, there's a few perks in this job. Good uh, overall, and uh, and they did a great. Uh, ref- they did the referees watch. Did they? Yeah. Which was using smart technology and all that. And uh, they were, we, we sold them out, couldn't get enough of them. Yeah. And they're hugely popular. Yeah, no, they're good. Right I... up to the semi-final. Yeah. Right up to the Croatia game. Did I always they? joked they were popular in England. They weren't too popular in Scotland uh, overall. Well, I watched a game in Dublin. I didn't realise, Brian. I yeah. was over in Dublin doing something. Oh, yeah. And I went to a bar and everybody was cheering for Croatia. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was a <laughs> complete shock to me. I never knew that. I didn't realise that. And it was, uh, yeah. honestly, it was amazing that night. I, I was really surprised. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson, whatever happened to the Jimmy Johnsons of this world? Yeah, right? sure. Both yeah, Scottish footballers. Yeah, that, that's my era, because I grew up when we won the European Cup, 60s or whatever. Yeah. Even on the other side, though, we, Willie Henderson was a yep. fantastic player and all. Yeah, they coming, were great rivals. Coming to Wembley one year, murdering... Jerry Byrne, the left back of Liverpool, oh, yeah. Willie. I mean, Willie could pair them were incredible, weren't they? Yeah. Well, you there, Scotland, England in uh, 67, it would have no, been No, I remember watching the game, they yeah. came over, yeah. Lennox and McCallie yeah. Ogden. I keep promising my son, sometime in your life, <laughs> he'll be a good yeah, Scottish yeah, yeah. team. Robertson. He looks yeah. fantastic, doesn't And Tierney. We Tierney. get two great left-backs. Two left-backs. And they got McTominay. He looks like he's going to be the yeah. future star. I was with Frank last night. He's doing great, eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's really worked his career he's well. Class. Yeah. He's class. Yeah. I mean, he used to train every day after training. He'd be out there for an hour. Oh, yeah. Four o'clock in the night. When he was a kid, four o'clock in the afternoon, I used to look out my office, winter, raining, getting yeah. dark. He'd be over there on his own, doing oh, yeah. his, his spikes on, doing his sprints, yeah. shooting, left foot. Couldn't get him off the training ground. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, no, he had a brilliant career. And it looks like he's <coughs> going to be a great manager. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't have put money on him being successful yeah. the first year with Chelsea. But, Croatia, overall, but, yeah. but England did great. Yeah. Much better than you would have expected. Yeah, yeah, had a good run, didn't we? we yeah. had, you know, at least I'm not knocking. We had, we had a great draw. Yeah. It yeah. couldn't have worked out better for us, really. Yeah. And, you know... Um, but Croatia, yeah, Luka Modric was one of my players. Yeah, great and player. He's a great footballer, yeah. you know. And, yeah. uh, so there was a couple of the boys here that I'd managed over the years. So Chaluka who played as well. So it was interesting seeing them. Yep. Just getting back to watches again okay. for a minute then. So you're a Cartier fan? Uh, I haven't got a Cartier, yep. I don't know. But uh, obviously over the years they've been great watches, haven't they? Yeah, I mean they're really, really popular. You know, I'm sure Sandra would love this yeah. watch. You know, the Ballon Bleu. 
which is, is their most popular. They're really very, very distinctive Cartier. You would never confuse it with anything no. else. You know, it's all the Roman numerals yeah. uh, that they have, and then they have this track around the middle, uh, uh, rail tracks, French Chemin de Fer, and they always have um, a sapphire and a crown, again, very, yeah. very distinctive. So both are men and women, that they're hugely a successful brand around, particularly at Christmas time. We, we get a huge pickup in there. I bet, yeah, people, I mean, well, we see a great name in watches, isn't they, Cartier? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course, the biggest name in watches is, uh, is Rolex. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it's half of our business overall. We're the biggest, you know, we have half of the market uh, here in the UK with, uh, with Rolex. Yeah, I've got a lovely and, Rolex that um, was bought for me when we, um, when we got promoted at Portsmouth that first season. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we, we had a... The, the chairman and the board bought me a Rolex, which was lovely. Yeah. They engraved it on the back, you know. And, yeah. Uh, but was... you said Portsmouth were your team in your heart. Yeah, it? oh yeah, yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a fantastic time at Portsmouth. Yeah. yeah. Won in a but, cup and... Yeah, but yeah. It, the first time even, you know, my first year we won the championship and like they'd been in the bottom five or six, about four years running. And I signed Paul Mercer the week before the week of the before the start of the season, yeah. and he just honestly almost single-handedly changed the club round for me. It was amazing, came yeah. in, give everybody such a lift, and we went on and won the league that year. So that yeah. was a great, great year for me. You yeah. know, happiest years in football. Money. That would have been yeah. right there at Portsmouth. We had Jim Smith with me. He was a great character, but yeah. you know, and uh, we we used to have a great time. We, yeah. we, we had you know. We had a good. We laughed and yeah. we liked. You know, we played golf together. All of us. Yeah. We, had, we had a drink together. Yeah. We had a good time. Yeah. yeah. Betting it would be a. It would be a day date that has a, the day at the top. Yes. Yeah. Which is one of the most kind of classic, iconic yeah. looking uh, uh, Rolexes, and you have the date at the top and the day number. Yeah. At, uh, at three o'clock, and they do it in something like twenty-six languages. It's really cool really? to get uh, to get the the. the the day of the week in different languages. Yeah, so yeah. They even do one in Latin. Did they? Yeah. Be no good to me to understand. Me, me neither. Actually, <laughs> you'd, have to, you'd have to have something else telling it's you what. It's a beautiful watch, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. This one we got here is a kind of holy grail of uh, of Rolex right now because they have their classic watches like the Oyster Perpetual like you have, uh, the Day Date, and any other sport uh, collection, the professional yeah. models as they call them, of which probably the most popular is the Daytona. Daytona's yeah. Big, yeah. So it was a chronograph, and, and it used to be that the racing drivers back in the 60s would be using this to effectively guide them around the racetrack and yeah, know how they were doing yeah. and so on. Made really famous with Paul Newman. Paul Newman, I yeah. know, yeah. yeah. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. What, what, what Famously, he had, a, he had a watch that cost him a $200, a cost Joanne Woodward $200, and it was engraved on the back of it, uh, Drive Carefully Me. She put on to remind him to take care of yeah. himself, you know, when he was driving. I bet and he, he gave it to his um, daughter's boyfriend, who did some work in the garden, would you believe? So he, he gave him a, the watch, $200. It was sold in 2017 for $17.5 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it's a real one-off. Oh, they, absolutely. There weren't many Paul Newman detoners ever made. No, there weren't many Paul Newmans made, were there? No, no. I no. love Paul Newman. Yeah, another case of a wonderful lifelong marriage as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good guy yeah. around. And uh, so the, this is, a, again, I'm sure one that Sandra would love, a really, really popular. Um, and uh, this is the Oyster Perpetual uh, Datejust uh, with the, 
the data on it. It's a beautiful watch, isn't it? Yeah, really popular in Rolex is uh, the, the mixture of the metals, right? So you've got the uh, gold and, and steel yeah. together. And in this case, the diamonds for the... Uh, yeah, I can, I can see you're just thinking of buying this right now. Yeah. Tando will be getting excited. This is another hugely popular watch here. And uh, what's really popular in the UK with guys is uh, pilot watches, divers watches, real kind of sporty ones you like to associate with. So this is an IWC Petit Prince that's, uh, that's called. It's a chronograph again. And once again, you've got the, the day and the date. And uh, IWC, really well known for doing blue dials. Yeah, if you ever been tempted by a blue dial watch that are really really popular now yeah. having, uh, you know typically traditionally it's kind of white and silver right in the uk the next uh, very popular uh, black but the fastest growing now is a uh, blue dial some really uh, some really nice watches nice and, watches and, yeah uh, yep and um so what's next for you harry when you're kind of looking ahead are you oh uh, i've just been doing a theater tour oh yeah i've done 40 theaters yeah all over the country yeah and uh, when I was asked to do it, I must. I said, oh, listen, "Who's going to want to come and listen to me?" You know. And the guy who organised it he said, "Listen, Harry, I promise you, you'll, you know." So we've been everywhere, and it's been amazing. I yeah. mean, this week I was in Leeds on Monday, Hull on Tuesday. Yeah. But you know, selling out in Hull, like yeah. twelve hundred people, the theatre was full. Yeah. And what so, is it? An evening with? I'll go, and it's all I do. I go on. Um, I've got a guy who goes with me. Who I, I saw him in the uh, in in the pantomime in Bournemouth. He yep. was, I went to watch Rita, who was uh, in the jungle with me, and this little guy was funny. And he, he anyway, I met him after big football crazy, yep. big Liverpool fan, uh, even though he's a southerner, but absolutely lives in, for Liverpool. And uh, I said, "Do you want to come?" And so he comes with me. He comes on. He has a five minutes. Comes as a chat. And gets yeah. a, then he introduces me, we sit on two stools, we do Chat. 45 minutes, half time, 15 minutes, back on second half, 45 yeah. minutes, finished. Yeah, oh brilliant. It's been brilliant. Yeah. I'm not surprised it's really popular. You know. Yeah, it's very laugh. Really, really nice guy to chat to. And plenty your, of stories. Your you memories know. About, about football and your take on them, you know, yeah. which I, I think is what so everybody... it's been. It's been good fun, yeah, we enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. So that's just. Uh, but no, it's been really hectic since the since the jungle. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's a different audience for me, Brian. Yeah, different, sure. You know, it used to be just men come up and talk about football to yeah. me. Now it's women and kids. And yeah, all, sure. You know, all, it's just it's been it's been great though. Yeah. I mean, people have been nice, you know. So you know, Ari, I, I think you'd give Boris a good run for his money in the next election <laughs> if you went for it. You know, you're a very popular I, guy. I tell you what, it's, you look at what oh, I don't. You couldn't do any worse than what's going on at yeah. the moment. Would you, you ever do that job though? No, yeah. I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I don't know for my life how Theresa May got up every day to yeah. face the world. Yeah, she must have been incredible. You yeah. know, her life. What life is that? Yeah, sure. Getting slaughtered, whatever you do. Yeah. Makes yeah. a football manager job seem easy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, finally, who's going to win the Premier League this year? I think Liverpool. I think they're going to do I it. I think they've got the lead. I think Man yeah. City are going to be they not going to go away. It's going to yeah. It's going to be a tight one. But I'm I'm with Liverpool. Yeah. Who's yeah. going to win the league in Scotland? Well, obviously, I've got obviously to say, you've got to say, got to Celtic. say Celtic. I, lo I watched them both last night, Celtic and Rangers, and, and Rangers got a draw away to Porto. Yeah. Played really well. Good draw in Porto. Yeah. Play and should have won it. Actually, mm. uh, Morelos, he would probably picked up Some one. player. He's a really good player. Some, scored yeah, a looks, good goal and should have scored another one. So I, I think that's a real... Stevie Gerrard's done a good job. Stevie is an amazing guy, isn't he? Yeah. 
great player, what a footballer. Yeah, handles himself very well. And great. You can imagine the spotlight up in the Scotland that's yeah. on you with Celtic. I mean, he'll do well there for a few years and probably when Klopp moves on, you could you yeah. imagine him being up, going back step. to Liverpool as manager one day. Yeah. But Neil Lennon's got something going as well. He's Fantastic. A, I like Lenny. Great, yeah. great lad, isn't he? Yeah, so I think they will win again. And, and the, the thing we're going for is 10 in a row. Yeah, oh yeah, right? I know. And Both already, Celtic and Rangers have done nine in a row. Well, you've already won one against the head this year, haven't yeah. you? So, yeah, that was it. Yeah, Ibrox. You know, that so. Ibrox. So Harry, we're out of time, I'm afraid, uh, because it's been a real pleasure to Brian, chat to pleasure you. Pleasure talking to you. Yeah, thanks very much for joining us. Good man, thank you. Thank you.